Don Juan by Lord Byron, Canto One, Part Four, read by Peter Gallagher for LibriVox.org. So much for Julia. Now we'll turn to Juan, poor little fellow. He had no idea of his own case and never hit the true one. In feelings quick as Ovid's Miss Medea, he puzzled over what he found a new one, but not as yet imagined it could be thing quite in course and not at all alarming which with a little patience might grow charming silent and pensive idle restless slow his home deserted for the lonely wood tormented with a wound he could not know his like all deep grief plunged in solitude i'm fond myself of solitude or so but then i beg it may be understood by solitude i mean a sultan's not a hermit's with a harem for a grot Oh, love in such a wilderness as this, where transport and security entwine, here is the empire of thy perfect bliss, and here thou art a god indeed divine. The bard I quote from does not sing amiss, with the exception of the second line, for that same twining transport and security are twisted to a phrase of some obscurity. The poet meant, no doubt, and thus appeals to the good sense and senses of mankind, the very thing which everybody feels, as all have found on trial, or may find, that no one likes to be disturbed at meals or love. I won't say more about entwined or transport, as we knew all that before, but beg security will bolt the door. Young Juan wandered by the glassy brooks, thinking unutterable things. He threw himself at length within the leafy nooks where the wild branch of the cork forest grew. There poets find material for their books, and every now and then we read them through, so that their plan and prosody are eligible, unless, like Wordsworth, they prove unintelligible. He, Juan, and not Wordsworth, so pursued his self-communion with his own high soul, until his mighty heart in its great mood had mitigated part, though not the whole of its disease. He did the best he could with things not very subject to control, and turned without perceiving his condition like Coleridge into a metaphysician. He thought about himself and the whole earth, of man the wonderful, and of the stars, and how the deuce they ever could have birth, and then he thought of earthquakes, and of wars, how many miles the moon might have in girth, of air balloons, and of the many bars to perfect knowledge of the boundless skies, and then he thought of Donna Julia's eyes. In thoughts like these, true wisdom may discern longings sublime, and aspirations high, which some are born with, but the most part learn to plague themselves with all they know not why. Twas strange that one so young should thus concern his brain about the action of the sky. If you think twas philosophy that this did, I can't help thinking puberty assisted. He poured upon the leaves and on the flowers, and heard a voice in all the winds, and then he thought of wood-nymphs and immortal powers, and how the goddesses came down to men, he missed the pathway, he forgot the hours, and when he looked upon his watch again, he found how much old time had been a winner. He also found that he had lost his dinner. Sometimes he turned to gaze upon his book, Boscan or Gassilasso. 
by the wind even as the pages rustled while we look so by the poesy of his own mind over the mystic leaf his soul was shook as if twere one whereon magicians bind their spells and give them to the passing gale according to some good old woman's tale thus would he while his lonely hours away dissatisfied nor knowing what he wanted nor glowing reverie nor poet's lay could yield his spirit that for which it panted a bosom whereon he his head might lay and hear the heart beat with the love it granted with several other things which i forget or which at least i need not mention yet those lonely walks and lengthening reveries could not escape the gentle julia's eyes she saw that juan was not at his ease but that which chiefly may and must surprise is that donna inez did not tease her only son with question or surmise whether it was she did not see or would not or like all very clever people could not this may seem strange but yet tis very common for instance gentlemen whose ladies take leave to step the written rights of woman and break the which commandment is they break i have forgot the number and i think no man should rashly quote for fear of a mistake i say when these same gentlemen are jealous they make some blunder which their ladies tell us a real husband always is suspicious but still no less suspects in the wrong place jealous of some one who had no such wishes or pandering blindly to his own disgrace by harbouring some dear friend extremely vicious this last indeed's infallibly the case and when the spouse and friend are gone off wholly he wonders at their vice and not his folly thus parents also are at times short-sighted though watchful as the lynx they ne'er discover the while the wicked world beholds delighted young hopeful's mistress or miss fanny's lover till some confounded escapade has blighted the plan of twenty years and all is over and then the mother cries the father swears and wonders why the devil he got airs but inez was so anxious and so clear of sight that i must think on this occasion she had some other motive much more near for leaving juan to this new temptation but what that motive was i shan't say here perhaps to finish juan's education perhaps to open don alfonso's eyes in case he thought his wife too great a prize it was upon a day a summer's day summer's indeed a very dangerous season and so is spring about the end of may the sun no doubt is the prevailing reason but whatsoe'er the cause is one may say and stand convicted more of truth than treason that there are months which nature grows more merry in march has its hairs and may must have its heroine twas on a summer's day the sixth of june i like to be particular in dates not only of the age and year but moon they are a sort of post-house where the fates change horses making history change its tune then spur away or empires and or states leaving at last not much beside chronology excepting the post obits of theology Twas on the sixth of June, about the hour of half past six, perhaps still nearer seven, when Julia sat within as pretty a bower as e'er held hoary in that heathenish heaven described by Mahomet, and Anacreon more, 
to whom the lyre and laurels have been given with all the trophies of triumphant song he won them well and may he wear them long she sat but not alone i know not well how this same interview had taken place and even if i knew i should not tell people should hold their tongues in any case no matter how or why the thing befell but there was she in juan face to face when two such faces are so twould be wise but very difficult to shut their eyes how beautiful she looked her conscious heart glowed in her cheek and yet she felt no wrong o oh, love how perfect is thy mystic art strengthening the weak and trampling on the strong how self-deceitful is the sagest part of mortals whom thy lure hath led along the precipice she stood on was immense so was her creed in her own innocence she thought of her own strength and juan's youth and of the folly of all prudish fears victorious virtue and domestic truth and then of don alfonso's fifty years I wish these last had not occurred in sooth, because that number rarely much endears, and through all climes, the snowy and the sunny, sounds ill in love, whate'er it may in money. When people say, I've told you fifty times, they mean to scold, and very often do. When poets say, I've written fifty rhymes, they make you dread that they'll recite them too. In gangs of fifty, thieves commit their crimes, at fifty, Love for love is rare, tis true. But then, no doubt, it equally is true, is a good deal may be bought for fifty louis. Julia had honour, virtue, truth, and love for Don Alfonso. And she inly swore, by all the vows below, to powers above, she never would disgrace the ring she wore, nor leave a wish which wisdom might reprove. And while she pondered this, besides much more, one hand on Juan's carelessly was thrown, quite by mistake. She thought it was her own. Unconsciously she leaned upon the other, which played within the tangles of her hair. And to contend with thoughts she could not smother, she seemed, by the distraction of her air. T'was surely very wrong of Juan's mother to leave together this imprudent pair, she who for many years had watched her son so. I'm very certain mine would not have done so. The hand which still held Juan's by degrees gently but palpably confirmed its grasp, as if it said, Detain me, if you please. Yet there's no doubt she only meant to clasp his fingers with a pure platonic squeeze. She would have shrunk as from a toad or asp had she imagined such a thing could rouse a feeling dangerous to a prudent spouse. I cannot know what Juan thought of this, but what he did is much what you would do. His young lip thanked it with a grateful kiss, and then, abashed at its own joy, withdrew in deep despair, lest he had done amiss. Love is so very timid when tis new. She blushed and frowned not, but she strove to speak, and held her tongue. Her voice was grown so weak. The sun set and up rose the yellow moon. The devils in the moon for mischief. They who called her chaste, methinks, began too soon their nomenclature. 
there is not a day the longest not the twenty-first of june sees half the business in a wicked way on which three single hours of moonshine smile and then she looks so modest all the while there is a dangerous silence in that hour a stillness which leaves room for the full soul to open all itself without the power of calling wholly back its self-control the silver light which hallowing tree and tower sheds beauty and deep softness o'er the whole breathes also to the heart and o'er it throws a loving languor which is not repose and julia sat with juan half embraced and half retiring from the glowing arm which trembled like the bosom where twas placed yet still she must have thought there was no harm or else twere easy to withdraw her waist but then the situation had its charm and then god knows what next i can't go on i'm almost sorry that i e'er begun oh plato plato you have paved the way with your confounded fantasies to more immoral conduct by the fancied sway your system feigns or the controller's core of human hearts than all the long array of poets and romances you're a bore a charlatan a coxcomb and have been at best no better than a go-between and julia's voice was lost except in sighs until too late for useful conversation the tears were gushing from her gentle eyes i wish indeed they had not had occasion but who alas can love and then be wise not that remorse did not oppose temptation a little while she strove and much repented and whispering i will ne'er consent consented this recording is in the public domain